As we were in worship, I saw a great warfare being waged against the righteous of our country. I saw a great battle being set up against the righteous of our country. But also what I see, and the Lord would have you know, that there be more for us and with us than be against us. I saw angels that were, that were dressed for war and for battle, harnessed for battle, angels who excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of the Word. God is waiting for you to speak His Word, to proclaim His Word, and angels will hearken to that and join with you in forces against the, the, the war that's being waged against us. The enemy cannot stand in our nation today. We, the righteous, need to stand up and speak the Word of God and proclaim the Word of God over our nation and over our lives and over our children. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, that's not in my notes. I think that's what the Lord just gave me this morning. This evening, I mean, praise God, praise God. I'm excited. I'm excited. Man, when the Lord shows you something like that, boy, that'll turn you crank and get your motor started, won't it? Well, I am glad that you're here. I am Pastor Stan. If you're visiting with us, we want to welcome you to our midweek service. We're glad that you've joined us tonight. Man, I tell you what, the Lord is just doing so many wonderful things, and there's so many, I'm, I'm meeting so many new people in our church service, I, and, and listen, uh, it's like we have two services, it's like when you come, it's, got, it's like two different churches, man, if you hadn't met new folks, you ain't been hanging around, man, I mean, you can go sit on the other side of the room and shake hands with new folks you ain't met before, isn't that awesome? Uh, there's probably people in the balcony I haven't met since I've been here two years, hey, hi guys, <laughs> and it's just, it's like, it's amazing. Uh, what the Lord is doing and seeing lives change and what God is doing right here in Victor Life and in our community. Uh, um, I tell you, I, I'm excited at what He's doing. Uh, and, you know, here Jubilee is just right around the corner. Just right around the corner. I'm so excited. I'm grateful for an opportunity from Pastor Austin to be able to share with you tonight and hopefully to encourage you in a couple of things as, as we prepare to enter into Jubilee. Some of you, this may be your first year, it may be a second year, just but you're new to it. And so, you, know, you may not be knowing what to expect in our Jubilee period. If you're visiting tonight, Jubilee is a time we set aside with Victor Life Church and all the locations to come together and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on our church and our body this past year. Now, Lord, guide us, direct us. What is it you would say to us this coming year? What would you speak to us collectively? And also, as we go individually, we're seeking to hear God's voice and say, God, what is it that you're saying to us? And, and the one, now the one statement I've been hearing running through the staff is, man, we got to get ready. <laughs> we got to get ready. You know, it's a big thing going to Durant and, and everybody coming in and all of our family coming in and thinking, man, we've got to get ready. But you know, I, I'm thinking the same thing. I, I'm going into it, not just being ready for people showing up, but I want to be ready to hear from Lord, the Lord. I, I want to be ready to hear what He would say to me. And, and are you saying the same thing? Are you thinking that? Say, man, Lord, I want to be ready to hear. How many Jubilees, and, and I'm just being honest with you, how many Jubilees in the past have, it seems like when Jubilee would roll around, that's when the onslaught of the enemy would come against you. You ever? And, and there's a couple of those Jubilees that I went through that I felt like, man, Lord, it's like I missed out. I just, you know, all the challenges and I, I wanted to hear from God. Well, I don't want that to happen. I want to be geared up no matter what happens and, and hear what the Lord would say to me. And so, I, but I, you know, when I look at us as a church body, you know, there's a difference between church life and just going to church. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know that on Wednesday night. Come on. It's about church life and doing life together. And we're already 
growing. We're already in a constant preparation in, of growth and progression week in and week out, and, and um, we're always being challenged to grow. And, and I want to take, for example, you know, like our, our children and trying to, to get something across to our children. You know, change is always happening with our kids. That's one of the areas you can really look at and see growth, you know, uh, or should I say change, because just because you're changing doesn't mean that you're growing. Amen? Uh, and that's the same thing as is, is if you're moving, it doesn't always mean that you're going forward. Because just simple movement doesn't mean you're moving forward. And just because seeing things are changing doesn't mean that you're growing. And I, I want to grow in the Lord. And so, you know, God is speaking to us as a body and challenging us. But I want to use this one example with our children. I love this area of Scripture in Genesis, the 18th chapter, where God was talking to Abraham. And, and, and to me, he's referencing his obedience to the Father. And I love this passage of Scripture. If you go with me there, Genesis, the 18th chapter, and look with me, if you will, in verse 17. God is speaking to, about Abraham. He's talking about Abraham and his obedience to teach and train his children. So let's look at this. Let's, it says in verse 17, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? Now stop for a moment and think about what he just said here. God said, Shall I, I hide from him what I'm doing, since he's going to... This is going to be accomplished. Have you ever felt like in your life if maybe something God said to you or maybe had a word spoken over you and felt like it was the end result and God's going to accomplish this in your life or God's saying about this this about your life, don't you want to see all the parts that are put together as you go there? Don't you want to see how God's doing it to get there? Well, that's, you know, that's what it's speaking to me, man. I, God, I want to see all that you're doing out in front of the scenes and behind the scenes of my life and how you're working things together. Give me eyes to see what you're doing in my life, what you're doing in our church. I want to see all that. So that's what I was reading between the lines here. He said, shall I hide from Abraham? No. He, he said, said, verse 19, he said, for I know him. Oh, I love that. God said, I know him. I wonder what God would say about us. I, I would wonder if God would say, I know Stan. I know he's going to do this. He's going to do that in a great way. <laughs> you know, that's, that would be my hope, right? Don't you think that, wouldn't you like God to say that about, I know you, you're going to do this. You're going to carry this out. You're going to endure. You're going to, right? And so he says, for I know him, that he will command, teach, and direct his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Now listen to the rest of this. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he's spoken of him. Now I want you to look at this. Abraham's obedience to pour into his children allowed God to fulfill his promises to Abraham. When Abraham followed the Lord in his direction and was obedient, it opened up the blessings to Abraham. Do y'all see that? When you're obedient to the Lord and you follow his direction, you follow his purpose, you follow his leading, that opens up the door to God pour blessing in, into your life. How many people want the blessings without following? Without being obedient. But God's saying, listen, you be obedient, I'm going to pour out blessings on you. And as He poured into, as God has poured into our church body, I believe that blessings of growth and maturity has come. I see it, don't you? Amen. So since we're still on the topic of kids here, I want to, I want to talk about some principles of parenting and, 
and children and the reaction between the two and about parents giving and children receiving. Let's look at the Scripture. Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. <clears throat> How many parents do we have in the house? Praise God. Well, it's talking to you tonight. Come on. It's like a mandate from God, instructions from God. Now, let's look and see what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. He's saying, man, you're going to love God with everything that's in you, and this word needs to become a part of you. Do you all see in that? So it's, it's like we many times we read scriptures when we, about children, we go to dedicate our kids, but really I look at kid, the children's dedications, it's all about the parents living for God to pour into their kids to see that they become successful. It's almost more of a commitment from the parents than it is the kids. We do say, God, they're a gift from you. This is a treasure you gave us. We offer them back to you to protect, care for, let them fulfill their destiny and all of that. But really, it's a commitment of the parents. And so when I see this, I look at this mandate that the Lord has sent. You're to love the Lord your God with everything that's in you. Everything that's in you. Get the Word in you, parents. All you guys that raised your hand tonight, get the Word of God on the inside of you. In your heart. The leading guides. And let's see what else it says. Look at verse 7. And thou shalt teach them, what? God's Word. Teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So it's like, man, when you're in your house, sitting in your house, when you're in your house, or when you walkest by the way, when you go out of the house. I, listen, I didn't know anything about church life. I didn't know anything about being a Christian. I, I was ignorant as a day is long. And I, you know, I, I know I walked into a church and, and cried out to Jesus. I believe I got saved at night. But I didn't know anything else. I thought, when, and I visited church a couple, three times in that period of eight years or so. And, but everybody I saw when they left church, they left church at church. The, the, the group that I saw, okay. The group I was running with, they left it at the church. But here the Word saying, man, when, even when you go out in the byways and when you're going out of your house and in your house, you're to be living this and teaching it to your kids. And he said, uh, and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. I mean, at the end of the day and the beginning of the day, God's Word should be a part of your life and it should be a part of your kids' life. And you're instructing and teaching your kids. That's a mandate from God, right? You can do it. Now let's look at children receiving. Let's look at that. And in and, and Proverbs 6, very familiar scripture. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. How many of you have said that to your kids? Do what I say! <laughs> That's a short Texas version, okay? <laughs> okay, somebody didn't smile at that. Y'all must have had a rough childhood coming up, okay? Keep your father's commands and, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them up, uh, upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. Now listen, he's speaking to children. The Scripture always tells us also that the heart of a child can be known by his actions. That children are... are they're, they're not just something, a byproduct of what we have and what we do. Their lives can grow and know the Lord. They become leadership even as children. I, I, I finally got a hold of this truth that, that children are not our leaders of tomorrow. They're the leaders of today. As they share the Word of God with their friends, their neighbors, their family, their acquaintances, that children become leaders today. I've seen kids lead many times better than adults. Amen? And here he's talking to children. 
He said, bind them upon your heart forever, fasten them around your neck. When you walk, this is awesome. If kids could just get a hold of the little bit of wisdom. And kids, I, I know, I, one thing I knew as a young man, I, I remember at 17 years old, I had this in my mind and I, I wanted to do good. I wanted to be good. I just didn't know how to get there. I wasn't good, but I wanted to be. So kids can know what they want in that, that sense. They can take this Word of God and they can live by it. They can apply it. And it says, when you walk, they, what? The commands and the teachings, the Word that's given to you, it'll guide you. When you sleep, it, uh, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. When, for these commands are a lamp, this teaching is a light. Now listen, and the corrections of discipline are the way of life. I think sometimes we read that last statement and don't realize what it's saying. It says the corrections of discipline are a way of life. How many of you in your life, especially looking back, you realized you needed to make some course corrections? You needed to correct your, the course you were down, the going down. You needed to make some course corrections. And maybe somebody here tonight, you need to make some course corrections to your life. You're headed in a direction that you need to change and go another direction. And it's the discipline of God's Word and knowing God's Word, the reality of God's Word, that'll set you on the right path. The disciplines that, that you bring from the Word of God, you put in your heart, no matter how young or old you are, you don't have to be 21 years old to apply the Word of God to your heart. You don't have to be 21 years old to make course corrections in a life. Right? And it's the disciplines that you use putting God's Word in your heart that will guide you down the right path. A light to your path. A lamp to your feet. Are y'all seeing that? See, kids are smart. Yeah, they are. There they are. Okay, y'all are just rousing. Amen. We got a couple of pups and we talk about that. They're our kids. Boy, those dogs are smart. Those, kids, those pups are smart. Kids are smarter. They can get this. Come on. The Word of God will guide us, and it will guide us to success and safety. It will impact your life. And success and safety, isn't that what we all want? Success and a place of refuge and safety. Listen, we need the Word of God to know what that place looks like. How to use the Word of God defensively and offensively against our enemy in this war that we wage. You need to know the Word of God. And so the Word of God is clear, and it brings clarity to our lives. It brings clarity to our lives. Many of the questions that you have, get in the Word of God, it'll give you the answer. You can read it on a page. Come on. But let me get, get this across to you tonight. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to guide us in the things of God. The direction of God. So you understand what I'm saying, where I'm going with this tonight. Sometimes you've got to hear the Holy Spirit's voice guiding you into what God wants to do in your life and the direction He wants you to follow. Look at Acts the 10th chapter. I'm going to take you through a, a few scriptures here. In Acts the 10th chapter, I encourage you, if you haven't read this chapter about Cornelius the centurion, he was a centurion, a Roman uh, officer that was over 100 men. That's why they call him a centurion, a century, 100, something like that. Anyway, here's a, a military officer who is a Gentile. He's not a Jew. He's not a circumcised Jew. But he saw the God that the Jews served. And he knew he was the God above all gods. And he wanted to serve that God. 
And out of his own heart, he even gave out of his finances to help build synagogues and, and to help the people of God. But he didn't know how to make it to their heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to serve the, the one and true and living God. Well, God heard his prayer. God saw his actions. He saw his hands and his, the humility of his heart. And so you need to go read the whole story in chapter 10. But I want to bring out one verse, and then we'll jump over to chapter 11. In verse 19, this is a time when Peter... Peter was in another town completely than Cornelius. He was completely a different place. He'd gone up, people were fixing food down in the restaurant or wherever he was staying. People was home and he was up on the rooftop just meditating on the things of God and God gave him a vision. And through that vision, and we'll cover that in just a minute, the details of some of that. But after that vision, God, the, it says here in verse 19, Acts 10, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Doubting nothing. Get up, get down the stairs. I guess eat dinner, whatever you got to do, but I want you to go with them. I've, I've sent them. Look at chapter 11. Now, the apostles and brethren, it says, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea. Judea is a like a kingdom, an area with a lot of cities and things like that. So it wasn't just in Jerusalem that heard it, all of that whole region. So they heard that the Gentiles had also received the Word of God. Woo, shouting time. Them stinking heathens, you know, them Gentiles. They got the Word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. Now get this. I, I want you to see something in this, because they were saying in verse 3, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and you did eat with them. You went into their house and sat down and ate the food they ate. They had heard that these Gentiles had received the Word of God, but, but there was so much legalism still locked into their system. So much religion they were still locked into. Now listen, this is a lesson for us to learn today. Because we see it today uh, throughout the Christian world is in churches that I know you got saved, but you're going to have to line up to measure up. Y'all with me? So co co cover those tattoos up. I don't know any other good examples right now. I didn't see anybody with tattoos. That's just one I threw out there. That was the old days. Anybody had a tattoo was a hell's angel or something like that. <laughs> now there's sweet little girls and mamas running around with tattoos on them, okay? So, but they continue, they were locked into this legalism. And so Peter, this is awesome. Now what I want you to see is in the verse I read in chapter 10, he said, I want you to get up, I want you to go down there with them, I want you to go with them, nothing doubting. You know why I believe the Lord told him that? Because if the Lord hadn't shown him what He showed him at that moment and, and gave him instructions of how to act, He would have acted just like them. And He would have brought them under legalism. I know you've received the Word of God, but you've got to line up with some of this. Some of the laws and regulations. That, you see that? But Peter, look at verse 4. Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning. He said, boys, y'all done heard some of it, you ain't heard it all. So I'm going to tell you. So he rehearsed it from the beginning, expounded on it, it by order unto them, and laid it all out. He said, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven 
by four corners. And it came even to me upon the which when I had fast, fastened mine eyes, I considered and I saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord. Not so, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered into my mouth. And I, I, I'm sorry, every time I think about that, I'm thinking, yeah, and I ain't never eat one oyster, nor will I ever eat an oyster, raw oyster. <laughs> I know what he was thinking, okay? But he was talking about some of the Jewish regulations and the, the things, that, the, the food that they ate, that sort of thing. Okay, where was I? He said, verse 9, but the voice answered me again from heaven, what God has cleansed, cleansed that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And you know, he was preparing his heart for the Gentiles. And behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me, and the Spirit, now listen again, the Spirit bade me, the Spirit bade me, go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how... He had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. That verse 14 is the whole focus of the whole encounter, the whole story. This is a true account. That man wanted to know how he and his, his family could be saved and go to the same heaven those Jews were going to. The one and true God. And he was crying out to God, how can I be saved? And I tell you, all that time, all that time in this story, Holy Spirit was putting it together for God's glory and for that man's benefit. Holy Spirit was working on that man over in wherever he lived, speaking to that centurion and giving him some instruction on how to, to follow him to get his answer, and at the same time preparing him over here speaking to Peter and telling him about how to act and what you're going to do next. Are you all with me? The Holy Spirit was putting that all together for the glory of God. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. I should have printed out a couple more verses there because I think he said, so who was I to withstand God? When I see God do what he does, and did and touch those Gentiles and change them and radically make them our brothers and sisters. Who am I to stand against God? What he's saying, all these things that we've been thinking, all this legalism, all this religion, we could be thinking wrong. We, we could be thinking wrong. Amen? And so I, I think that was a turning point for all of them, and they praised God. So what I'm saying, there's specific directions of ministry in life where God has to lead us. How? By His Spirit. By His Holy Spirit. I want you to look at this situation. Cornelius, he had questions. He had this one primary question that he was looking for an answer. How can I be saved? How can I be saved? Now you and I know today that we have this, that Scripture, that answer written in, in our Bibles, in the written Word, you can take that word and you can show people, here's how you get saved. Take them down the Romans road, right? Here's how you get saved. Believe in your heart and confess to your mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ, is, that, that God raised Him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Right? For the heart man believeth, the heart and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. We can guide that. Today, 
But he had questions. How can I be saved? But you know what? At the same time, Peter's laying up on that housetop, and he's got some questions. Now, he knows the gospel. He knows the Lord Jesus. But he's asking, Lord, what do I do next? Where do I go next? How do I handle this situation that you're showing me? Lord, this vision you give me, what does that mean? And the Holy Spirit is the one that was leading him in the next steps, guiding his footsteps. Now, I've said all that to say this. We're approaching Jubilee. What is your question? What is it that you are questioning in life that you're looking for an answer? Can it, can it be a question of direction? Can it be a, a question that pertains to pain and loss? Lord, how do I deal with this? Where do I go? What do I do? Can it be a question about purpose or can it be a question about recovery? All the people are coming are from different levels and different things in life and different situations, all looking for answers, but I'm telling you, God's got all the answers. God's got all the answers. So we need Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit to answer our questions. And sometimes the Holy Spirit has to guide us to what God wants to take place in our life. Are you following this? You need to hear His voice. I love what Pastor Antoinette said last week that the Holy Spirit, whatever He tells you, you'll never violate the Word of God. Well, she laid it out clear. I'm telling you what, it was solid. The Lord doesn't withhold His voice from you. He does not purposely or intend or have any passion for holding things back from you. <laughs> I love that. Hey, listen, back when I was younger, I'd tell people that God spoke to me, hey, I heard God say this. He said, you hear God? And I'm thinking, you don't? <laughs> Praise God, we're kind of in a different atmosphere today, all right? People are hearing from God. They know that God speaks. They, listen, they look at all y'all and say, God must be speaking. Look at all those happy people. So I know some of them people. I know some of them people. How in the world can they be so happy? It's the joy of the Lord. It's the Lord touching our life. The Lord is real in our life. Now, let me, you know, I, I may pause for just a moment. You know, people that think that they, that, that claim to be Christians. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe. I accept it. The Bible says no man comes unto God lest the Holy Spirit draw him. You heard the voice of the Holy Spirit at one time. Why can't you keep listening to Him? Amen? <laughs> we need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 30, verse 30, 21. He's guiding. He's talking about the Lord guiding, and guiding Isaiah. And He said, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, you're going to hear this voice behind you guiding your footsteps. Now, and I, 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 wanna, I want you to understand, it's talking about the Lord guiding someone's footsteps when they turn and say, this is the way, you walk in it. Don't get hung up on the fact that He's behind Him in this verse. <laughs> I never heard, and I know, I never heard the Holy Ghost behind me. It seemed like He's right here. Right? And over in uh, 1 Kings 19, when the revelation came to Elijah about the voice of God, he gave him this vision, you know, where the wind came and the earthquake came and the fire came, and it was amazing. But God's voice was not in the wind. It was not in the earthquake. It was not in the fire. And after the fire had passed, 
not in the wind, the earthquake, the fire. After the fire, it said a still, small voice. That's when Elijah recognized the voice of God. A still, small voice. You know what probably is the problem with most of us? We need to slow this thing down where we can hear our hearts. Holy Spirit abiding on the inside. You need to slow this thing down where you can hear God. You're letting your mind run away with you, your brain, and you got so much going on. That means you need some quiet time. You need some meditation time like Peter's laying up on the top of that house, that rooftop, meditating on, that, on the Lord and thinking, what am I going to do next? And then God gives him a vision, and he's meditating about that. I went out once in Fort Davis Mountains, drove up in the mountains. Back then, they didn't have all the fence lines and things and restrictions. And I drove up in there, and I stayed up there a few days fasting and seeking God. And I'd go out in the day and I'd get up on the mountaintop and I'd just praying and seeking God's face. And after a while, I slowed my mind down enough to hear. And the Lord began to speak to me. And I had a notebook with me. I wrote tons of stuff down. But I remember this one thing, especially that He, he revealed to me. And the Lord was speaking to me. And I'm standing on this mountainside and it's pretty rough terrain up in those mountains. And He said, look at your feet. And look at all the terrain. And I saw all the rocks and the limbs and the boulders and the rough trees, the, the, the brush and all that. He said, now look up. And when I looked up, suddenly I saw the grandeur of the mountain range. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And God said, don't get so, so entangled with what's right in front of you that you never see the grandeur of life. And I needed to slow down to, to hear that. And see, some of us, when we're seeking God, we need that time where we just got to slow our minds down and hear the Lord. In uh, Isaiah 28, um, well, you can read, write, read the whole passage of 20, 23 through 29, but the Lord said, give ear and hearing voices. Listen and hear my speech. See, the Lord wants you to hear Him. He wants to, He's going to be, a, he's going to be abounding toward us through this Jubilee period. Even now, tonight, He's abounding toward you. You can hear His voice tonight if you would just choose to hear God's voice. We need to hear His voice. Psalms 48, 14, a couple of quick scriptures. For, the, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Psalms 73, 24, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. God's wanting to guide you plumb in and through leaving this world and on to heaven. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's going to guide you all the way. He's going to be with you all the way. All the way. Now, in John the 16, we see Jesus explaining some of this very same thing to the apostles. John 16, verse 13, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He, who? He, the Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and shall show it unto you. Man, I tell you what, I pray and I, I try to commune with Holy Spirit. Many times praying for our service. You know, the Holy Spirit, when you start looking at and studying the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, and, and it says in those nine gifts that the Holy Spirit moves as He desires. But know this, His desires is in, is a, in aligned with God's desires, with the, the desires of Jesus Man, there's so times I say, oh, Holy Spirit, may your desires be released on us. 
Desire us tonight, Holy Spirit. Desire my life to pour into me. Desire, let God's desire pour out on us. Holy Spirit, you're our guide. You're our guide. You're our comforter. We need to hear your voice. We want to move with you. Psalms 32. Now, I love this passage. (laughs) I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Don't you want the Lord to do that with you? Lord, I need, I, I need to know my next step. But listen, what, look what he says. He said, I will guide thee with mine eye. Be you not as the horse, now this is good, be thee not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle lest they come near unto thee. Now the word eye here, I want to, I uh, let me share this with you first before I expand on the next part. He said, I will guide thee with mine eye. The Hebrew for eyes. It says it's probably a primitive word, an eye, literally or figuratively, by analogy, a fountain. As the eye of the landscape. As the eye of the landscape. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm trying to picture this in my mind, and I see this like, like a fountain uh, in, the, in the middle of a landscape or a garden, a beautiful garden. Anywhere in that garden, you can see that fountain. Anywhere, and you know what? That fountain, from that fountain, I can be seen anywhere in the landscape. What does that say? God's got the lay of the land. He can see you from anywhere you go. And He knows the best way to go. He's got the lay of the land. He said, I will guide you with my eye. Now listen to the, the, the Passion Translation. I hear the Lord saying, it's like a prophetic voice coming. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. How many of you realized and felt like, man, I, I, just don't have, I just don't see the train ahead of me. Lord, I don't even know which way to go. But the Lord knows. Now listen, I love the next verse. <laughs> so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. <laughs> Who's he talking to tonight, okay? When I, when I, don't be stubborn or difficult when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. He said, don't be this way when I take you to places you haven't been before. How, how many times have people said, the Lord is guiding in a direction, and said, well, Lord, I'm just, um, I'm just not comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm just not comfortable with that. Because I, I don't know what that looks like. But the Lord knows. He said, don't, don't, be, don't be stubborn. Don't be difficult. Don't make me pull you along. I'm trying to take you somewhere. Just follow me. And that, to me, that comes down to, man, you just got to give your life to the Lord. Truly make Him the Lord of your life. At 13, I cried out to Jesus, and my soul, my spirit was born again, alive unto God. But at 21 years old, I met Jesus and I made Him the true Lord of my life. I turned it over to Him. And all I've wanted to do all these years is to follow Him. So the real question is, have you been difficult or stubborn? Have you been difficult or stubborn? Only you know that. Don't ask your wife because she'll say yes. (laughs) All you got to do is get your heart right. Listen, in order to fulfill God's vision for us and to walk in His blessings, you know what we've got to do? We've got to make preparation. We've got to prepare. We've got to get ready. 
I want to take you to Isaiah as I start to wind this down. Take you to Isaiah and cover some scriptures here, a couple of places. Um, we got to get ready. In Isaiah 54, verse 1, um, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. He said, listen, you need to sing and break forth into singing because I'm about to bless you. Have you ever felt barren in your Christian walk? In your faith? Amen. I just can't see anything happening. Lord, what, what, I seem like I'm just treading water here. And there comes a time the Lord says, hey, it's time to get ready. You need to get ready. I'm going to give you some practical application how to get ready. And he goes on, he says, Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Now listen, can God truly guide us into success if we haven't prepared for it? Think about that. Say, Lord, I want to I be blessed. And God said, what are you doing about it? Now I'm not just trying to put a guilt trip on anybody. But the Lord's always been straight with me and Kathy. <laughs> He's a little straighter with her. I won't tell that one. That's funny. She'll tell you sometime. But he's always straight with people that can take it. Come on. Because a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to walk in the blessings of God, and God's saying, well, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you giving me to work with? Oh, amen. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's what I want to do. I want to take some of these words. I, I, I love doing this. I love to say, God, I, I need this in plain English, not King James Version. <laughs> okay, I hope I haven't offended anybody right there. We, we need to cut that off the tape. Just cut that out, guys. So... But sometimes I want to go deeper. Lord, what, what is that saying to me? How does that apply to me? So I, I've, I had the good old concordance. I've done some digging. I don't read Hebrew, but I can read the translations of them, right? Amen. So he says this, Enlarge the place of thy tent, let them stretch forth thy cur the curtains of thy habitation, spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. Well, I found some pretty amazing things. Number one, you're going to have some, have some courage to, to prepare for growth. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. The word there, enlarge, means to broaden, make room, make room, make open wide. And it's coupled with the word place. You know, enlarge the place of thy tent. The place here, you're going you're gonna to love this. It means the condition of your body or mind. Oh, my word. If that doesn't apply to us, what does? He, what he's saying here is broaden or enlarge the condition of your mind. we got to be willing to... Turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I need some help in my stinking thinking too. This is the real problem up here, Lord. I, I need some help. I need to broaden or enlarge the condition of my mind and the way that I think, Lord, so I submit it and yield it to You. Listen, it's all about convictions and preference. And you know what? I believe we all have convictions. The question is, do they line up with the Word of God? Come on. You may have a conviction that, hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that. And God's saying, man, that'll kill you. That's, that's sin. That's evil. That's corrupt. It may not send you to hell, but it can send you to heaven a lot quicker. Come on. Y'all with me? Enlarge or broaden the condition of your mind because I'm getting ready to bless you, but you're going to have to be 
willing and obedient and yielding to the direction and the leading and guiding of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. To take you places you ain't never been before. To challenge you in, in, in things that you've never been challenged before. Amen. And he said the habitations, habitations is your residence, your, uh, your little own little world. Lay aside the fears of your own little world. Lord, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. But there's no growth in a comfort zone. It's like the dead space. Are y'all following me? And so we got to lay aside the fears of your own little world and trust God. Spare not. Do not and spare not means don't hold back or refrain. You know what that's saying to me? Why are you holding back? When God wants to bless you and take you to places you ain't never seen before, when you just begin to scratch the surface of the goodness of God and the full treasure of Jesus Christ, there's more treasures in Jesus than you can imagine. Why would you hold back? Okay. And he said, strengthen. That means courageous, fortify. Be sure, take hold, be urgent. Behave self-valiantly withstand or strengthen yourself. Listen, it's going to take a valiant heart to do some of the things in some people's lives. As you take hold of this, say, Lord, I'm going there. I'm determined to trust you, and by faith I walk and follow you, Lord. And I'm, I, I want to be courageous. Give me strength. I'm going to walk this out. Now listen, I'm, you, you do know he's not talking about a tent. He's talking about you. Right? I mean, we can all read that and say he's not talking about a tent. He's talking about me. You, listen, you're the most valuable asset you have. When I used to have young men that would work for me out in the oil field or in other different areas where I've worked, and they got a better job, and they'd come to me and say, well, you know, I, 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 this pays better over here, and I, I need to take it. And, and the attitude that I had back then was, listen, if your labor is the only thing you have to sell, sell it to the highest bidder. In other words, I don't fault you for getting a better job for your family and your kids and your home, if that's what you have. But listen, you are the greatest asset that you have. What he's talking about here is increasing your value by becoming a better you. A better you. Prepping your heart, preparing your heart for what God wants to do. And the last one is stakes. To pin through or fast what holds you together is what it says. So you need to make more sure what is holding you together. So if you see weak areas in your life, you need to shore them up. I saw this as, you know, if I came up here tonight and I had this shirt button like that, I would hope somebody would tell me that, that Pastor, you got a shirt, you got a button. Hey, you need to button that up. I would especially hope you'd tell me before I got up here if my fly was open. <laughs> okay? We had this little key thing in Christian school years ago with our kids. And it was a secret code that your fly was open. X, Y, Z. Woo! <laughs> you knew. Okay. But see, when God shows you areas of your life that you need to fasten up and make more sure, work on those areas. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. 